The podcast is back, and somehow bye weeks are in full effect for our flex squad. You know, we got Hari on the ones and twos with uh, your long, prolonged winter break. Can you please tell me, like you were telling, telling, excuse me, tell everyone, like you were telling me when you go back to school? Yeah, very important. So I had my last final December sixth. Uh, I'll be returning to school the Tuesday after Martin Luther King Day, which would be the sixteenth of January, I believe. Is our so, first class, and that's ad drop. So really, you don't learn anything. So the twenty third is really when classes. That's when they start picking up. Like a lot of time to do this podcast. I'm, I'm, yeah, exactly. Dedicated to the podcast and dedicated to MBA school by taking a month and a half off. I love it. And Mark, back from a hiatus, man. How's the wedding planning? Uh, the wedding planning is going great. Yeah, um, we booked a band today. Are uh, we? I didn't. I didn't know much about the band until I went to pay the deposit and I saw they take Bitcoin. So I, I, they must be pretty progressive, <laughs> pretty, pretty modern. Crypto so everybody, band. Everybody's coming to the wedding. Get ready. It's going to be real crypto. That's <laughs> awesome. Are you going to have a crypto cash bar? Because that would be fucking next level. Yeah, we might do that, actually, because you guys drink too much. So every drink's one Bitcoin. No, one, one ripple. Bitcoin. Uh, one ripple. That's yeah. not very much, it's right? One, it's 30 TRX. It's 12 rail blocks. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen what Hari's been doing during his free time. Unfortunately, uh, the bye weeks have been going on, and Ramu is out on a ski trip. I was hoping to get him above 500 before season ends, but uh, we'll see if we actually get there. So, on to records. Hari, a nice 500 week, three and three. Well done, buddy. Mark, and on your bye week, and then me and Ramu rounding it out at two and four apiece. On to our overall records, where Hari has clearly established himself as probably from a win percentage standpoint. Right season. from a from a percentage standpoint, Hardy bless up, bless up. Yeah, I'm yeah. doing an incredible job. I'd be number one in the standings. They were standing. I mean, yeah, if you assume percentage is the correct basis on which that's literally how gambling works. If, if you go to any gambling <laughs> website, they say, "Here's my win percentage." That's how it works. That's all it is. Win percentage is the only thing. It is the. Truth. I don't think so. I think that I think they count for wins because people know to screen out our our, our silly pack twelve picks. So I think it's about the wins, man. <laughs> I'm not so sure if it's about the <laughs> I'm going to catch up in those two this week, so I'm not worried about that. There you go. Mark, still four games above 500, 38 and 34. Um, yep. Myself, a nice, cool 539 and 39, and Ramu rounding out the caboose, as is typical, 37 and 40. So we've got an interesting college game, and then, a, as we were just discussing earlier, a not-so-interesting set of NFL games. But... Contrary to all the buzz in the media this week about how hype NFL games are and how high their ratings are, I feel like this weekend is going to be a bit of a letdown, but we'll find out. So let's start with the college game, because that's the one I'm most excited to talk about, which is SEC versus SEC, Bama versus Georgia. They're both, is it right, SEC East versus SEC West, all the good storylines? We got UGA plus three and a half, over, under, 45. So I think one of you is going to say the stat that we all know is, is tried and true about Nick Saban. So I'll start it off with you, Hari. Where are you going with this line? Here, I'll take it so Mark doesn't have to say it. Um, so I, I, can, I still stand behind what I said last week, and I've been saying all season, I think Georgia is the best team in the country. Uh, I don't think there's sort of any doubt in my mind. Um, but the problem is they have to go up against essentially the greatest the greatest football franchise of all time, the Alabama Crimson Tide and Nick Saban, especially when it comes to covering. They are like a cover machine. Um, give me Nick Saban. Give me the points. I think they'll, 
I think they'll win big. Uh, the Saban stat that we're referencing is Saban has never lost to his protege. He's 11-0, and 0 and he's averaging 30 points a game against his protégés. I assume he must be stealing playbooks from them. Uh, give me Alabama, roll tide roll, uh, and then we can at least push away these Georgia fans for another year. Yeah. Wait, I, I have a hypothetical question. So game's in Atlanta, right? What, what's, yeah. the rough, what's the rough um, division between fan bases in the stadium? Is it like... Is it like fifty five percent Georgia? Is it fifty fifty? Like it's got, it's got to be. It? So I will tell you, UGA has told professors on Monday and Tuesday to be quote flexible with classes uh, as this exciting time has come. Uh, the governor has signed in a, a tomorrow, or t- tomorrow being like Football Friday or something, where everyone should wear red and black in the state. Like people are actively taking Tuesday off in the state to like celebrate the win or loss or whatever it ends up being. Um, it's going to be a 70-30 crowd split in there. It's going to be just... Wow, because 70% Georgia? That's so the nuts. reason being is, is because the corporate, like if you're a corporate Atlanta Falcons buyer, you got like first dibs on a lot of these yeah. championship yeah, tickets. Fair. And all of them, every company in this state is run by Georgia, University of Georgia executives. So um, it's going to be it's going to be all red and black in there. I, I think it's going to be easy 70-30 Georgia. Man, that's interesting. I... I wouldn't have gone that far. I think what you say about the um, the corporate side makes a lot of sense. But I don't know, man. Bama fans always seem to have deep pockets because there's nothing else to spend your money on in Alabama. But I could be wrong. So I'll, I'll go chime in real quick in that I was going the same route as you, Hari. It's Saban against his protege. It's Kirby Smart, who actually I gained a lot of respect for as a coach. Yeah, he, yeah, he outcoached Lincoln Riley, especially in that second half. Like yeah, ran laps around him. Super engaged, sure. like calling out like where his defense need to line up. I was, I hate to say it, but like ridiculously impressed and ridiculously bitter that we have to watch fucking lame ass Paul Johnson on Saturdays who doesn't do shit with his players. Like even I was watching it with my roommate Kellyanne, who is not a you know a diehard football fan, and she was even like, "Wow, this coach is like really into the game." And I was like, yes. "Yeah, he's like, yeah, wow, shocking." But more importantly than that, he didn't quit. Which, like, I, right, I've watched teams quit. Like, many Atlanta teams quit. This guy, down 17, was like, you know, we got to kick this field goal before half, and we got to chip away the league. We got to make a big stop. And every time they were like, this is a huge drive for Georgia, that Georgia would come through. I mean, that's, that is a quintessential very good coach, at minimum. No, it also has to be said, on the flip side, like, a couple very, very questionable play calls from the Oklahoma coaching staff. Like, that, that wheel route that they, they tried to run on third and short, like, I, I did not under no, – nothing made sense out of their offensive play calling towards the end of that game. And you had third and two uh, in the first overtime with the ball, need to score a touchdown to win it, and somehow run a weak zone read, get to fourth and one, and then you're like, well, I'll just kick and go to second overtime, which, like, how in the world does that favor you? I don't know. Um, But anyways, my favorite storyline coming out of this week is, did everyone see the Alabama strength coach, Scott Cochran? Yes, smash that second place trophy. Nobody wants second place. That was awesome. He like rolled into the weight room, brought in the second place trophy from last year and just chucked it on the ground and it shattered everywhere. After which point a very clear like Alabama, either either he's a bench player or a red shirt who's barefoot walks up to the trophy and starts touching it with his toes with all this shattered glass everywhere. And I was like, Oh my God, these guys yeah. are little idiots. Tied by a thousand. Yeah. Um, so hopefully no one suffered a broken, uh, you know, cut foot. And Scott Cochran and the Alabama 
coaching committee must just be super high for this game. They're playing with a chip on their soldier. Give me Bama. Roll Tide. Mark, where are you going with this game? So I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm going the other way. Um, I, I think Hari said it. Like, top to bottom, Georgia's, I think they're the best team. Um, and you look across the ball, and, like, Georgia just proved that, like, while they're not an explosive offense necessarily, they can score when they have to. And, like, you look at Alabama's last two games, and that offense has produced 17 points in one game and 14 points in the other um, against the two best opponents they've faced all year. So, like, I don't have a lot of confidence in, in Jalen Hurts and that offense scoring more than two touchdowns in this game against the Georgia defense. And on the flip side, like, I just see a scenario where, like, if Georgia manages to get up 10, like, the, the best thing you can have in that situation is a veteran offensive line and two veteran running backs to hand it off to you, and they can do that and just, like, like kill this game. So, I, God, I like if Georgia. That's how, if after that amazing double overtime game, if this ends up being a 17-3 game with, like, 30 rushes, I'm going to be so disappointed. Yeah, and, and I think, like, you're going to look back on this postseason, and that's going to be the takeaway is you're going to say, not only was that Rose Bowl the best game by far, it might have also been the true national championship game. Like, like I, I don't see anybody stopping that OU offense, really, like Alabama included. Like, could, could this Jalen Hurts offense have hung in a shootout with, with Baker Mayfield? I don't know. So I, I think that was the best game. I think those might have been the two best teams, and especially getting over a field goal with Georgia. Uh, hate to say it, giving them dogs. Uh, brutal, brutal. Brutal. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I think one thing I, I found really interesting about this Alabama team is they don't turn the ball over. Does anyone want to linger and guess at how many picks Jalen Hurts has thrown this season? Six. One Three. is the answer. Oh, oh God. Oh, wow. God. Wow. Yeah. And, like, yeah. And then, I mean, they just they don't turn the ball over. They're going to force you to go 85 yards and beat them, which, I mean, okay, fine, like, you know, I think Georgia proved they could do against an OU defense, but I think we all know that the, the Big 12 defense are suspect, but I don't know. I, I hope it's just a close game, I guess is all I'm really no, hoping. I, I mean, yeah, I just look at those two running backs, and, like, we were texting during that OU game, and, like, even when they were down three scores, I was like, just, like, just keep handing the ball to those guys, and they're going to make plays, and they're not going to make a mistake. So, like, yeah. like it, I really feel if Georgia gets up, a, like, a touchdown, like <laughs> – they, they can kill a game better than probably any team in the country. So we'll see. We'll see. I like it. But I was also, I was also very ready to pick the under on this game because I think it is going to be low scoring, but 45 yes. is like brutally low. Yeah, so I agree. I guess I think Vegas, Vegas is ahead of me on that one. Yeah, they learned their lesson from the Alabama-Clemson game where I also took the under on a, on a nice little teaser-teaser. Yeah, that was good. But yeah, fair enough. All right, on to this exciting, invigorating, this Everyone's going to tune in all day Saturday and Sunday. NFL Divisional Round. The, yeah. Uh, let's go to the first game. Titans at the Chiefs, minus nine, over under 44 and a half. I'm going to give everyone one sentence to say about this game. Hari, you can start. Uh, my new theory about betting is to follow the money. So I'm doing some experiments. Uh, semicolon, uh, the money seems to be headed Kansas City's way. So give me Kansas City. Fair enough. Mark. Uh, Marcus Mariota this year threw 13 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. He's on the road in the playoffs for the first time. Give me the Chiefs. <laughs> also, do you remember when he preseason there, like, Marcus Mariota, he's going to be MVP this year. 
definitely. Yeah, this, this is here. I, I could <laughs> see him this is, really. It's a yeah. breakout season for Marcus Mariota. Up. He's got Delaney Walker. Watch out. <laughs> Watch out. Oh, stupid. This, this Titans team is trash. On Corey Davis, every number five pick always ends up panning out. Yeah, not sure. <laughs> um, I'm actually going to go in a similar route, but I actually think the Chiefs are going are to win in a blowout. But give me the under on 44 and a half. I don't think this Chiefs offense is, is high pow- as high-powered as they were at the beginning of the season. And I don't see the Titans putting up a lot of points. And if they're going to try and, and win this game or at least keep it close, they're going to have to run the ball and, and force Alex Smith to throw deep. So give me the under on 44 and a half. Not to mention we'll get one Andy Reid mistake. So you imagine that'll cost. Oh, yeah. Time. You can count on that for sure. They're, <laughs> they're going to do they're going to be up like a, like 10 points. They're going to try an onside kick. <laughs> well, yeah, that's some foolish. That's totally about right. Though I am rooting for my boy Harrison Bucker. If he uh, he can execute those onside kicks, Georgia Tech great. Probably is he the yeah. only Georgia Tech alumnus in the playoffs? No, no. Uh, Derek, uh, Morgan. Michael, uh, Derek Morgan, Jack Mason, Jack ah, Mason yeah. in uh, New England. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Several. Fair enough. Representing. All right, on to the other sleepy AFC game. Fucking side note: Did everyone see the AFC odds to win uh, line on in, on from Vegas? It was the I, yeah, it, it, at oh, minus one fifty or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, with like the Steelers like plus two twenty. Uh, how are the I are the the Pats are going to win right? Like they're going to the Super Bowl. It seems like. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if 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 the Steelers get Antonio Brown back healthy. Like with with those playmakers on offense, like on any given day, I think they can beat anyone. Like I'm not saying yeah, they're going to, but like, I don't Fox think you can like, take it to the bank. Yeah, except in Foxborough and except the New England Patriots. That's all they do is they go there and win. That's what they do. It's especially yeah. in the playoffs. Like that, that crazy stat I gave about Tom Brady. This is his first interception that he had thrown against the Steelers since I was in high school. I was a sophomore in high school. That's a crazy stat. That's he's just gonna go and demolish them. Like there's no one, there's no one left. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, the Patriots are gonna win. Patriots are gonna win everything. But if that's the case, why are we having the podcast? So got it. I don't know if they're gonna win at all. I'm curious. This NFC has me intrigued. But who well, who in this NFC is gonna beat them? I think the Saints are a sneaky pick. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Bills at Jags, the other sleepy game, minus nine. Wait, wait, pause. I just want everyone to know. Blake Bortles is a nine-point favorite in the playoffs. Which is thinking. Is it Blake Bortles? What the hell? The Jacksonville defense is a nine-point favorite. Because I, you could make the argument they've scored about the same amount of points this season, and I and I believe you. So we got the Jags minus nine over under thirty-nine. Mark, it sounds like you're. Are you are you going to bet on Blake Bortles? I don't know. It's a genuine question. What's like? What's the latest on Lashawn McCoy? Is he out for sure? Is a game time decision. Um, okay, doesn't look promising. I mean, like as bad as Bortles is, I like. I don't know how this. Who is on this Bills offense without Shady McCoy? They Jones, like, Tyrod Taylor. It's Tyrod Sammy Taylor, Watkins. and it's like, yeah, it's a broken down Sammy Watkins and Kelvin Benjamin, like. No, no, Sammy Watkins doesn't even play there anymore. You got me with that one. OJ right? um, Simpson. Is he still on the right, team? Exactly. exactly. I think he is. So, yeah, like, the Jaguars have Blake Bortles, but, like, the Bills don't have anybody. And, like, like apparently, like, 
Jacksonville's getting real hype for this game is what all the blogs are saying. It's been a while since they've been in the playoffs. So give me, give me Blake. Give me, give me the Bortles show. Wow. Talk about the point. being in the playoffs. Hello, Buffalo Bills and their Music City Miracle was the last time they were in the playoffs. I had the wonderful pleasure of watching the late games last weekend with Bills fans at what I now I learned was a Bills bar um, oh. next to my apartment. So they were crying. It was awesome. Like, I have never seen more passion out of just like a casual fan than I did out of these three girls that it was negative 10 degrees outside or at least it felt that way and they had like trekked over to this Bills bar to watch this game and we're going nuts and there's only six people at this bar and then myself so I was impressed the Bills seemed very very excited to to be in the playoffs but I think it's always a bad sign when you celebrate like you won the Super Bowl and you made the playoffs so I think they're in for a bit of a letdown like to your point Mark I their offense, man, just like screams no playmaking. Um, and so if the Jags like get a defensive touchdown, what it seems like they do every single week, I think they they win this game. But I actually look for the Bills to get a garbage time score and, and keep it a little close. Like I don't see Blake Bortles pulling away in this game. So I'm actually going to take the Bills with this this nice heavy spread. And hats off to my Bills fans at the Overlook Bar on East 44th Street in New York. Harry, where are you going to this game? Uh, so there's sort of two keys to the game. Uh, I was on Numberfire earlier today. Numberfire is a very, like, sort of niche website that has its own, like, projection system, which I don't understand. So I'm not going to explain it. But they had Jacksonville as nine-point favorites, and the line has moved from seven to nine already. So nice. I think Numberfire, this is a shout-out for them. They did a very good job of projecting the line. Um, I think Jacksonville is going to win big, uh, but not because of that. I think the biggest deal... Uh, and no one's talked about it yet, is I don't know if you guys have seen this, Jacksonville will be selling all teal burgers yeah. at the game. So it's teal teal buns and just a regular burger on the inside in honor of this playoff game. Um, you can't beat weird minor league food at stadiums. That's the big thing. I'll be cheer. I'll personally be cheering for Buffalo, but if you're a gambler, I think uh, you take uh, Jacksonville the points here. Yeah, I just, I think people are forgetting like how bad Blake Bortles is. Like his last two games. No, he's, no he's, I'm not forgetting that. Yeah. I don't think anyone has forgotten, but I, I don't think there's any plus points on the other side of the ball. That's the other thing. Like, I don't yeah. see Buffalo, like, I don't see their defense. Like, their defense was fine, but they're going to give up, like, 25, 30 points, probably. Well, they only how- up, like, that many points to the Patriots and the Saints, I think, this season. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, I agree. Um, you know, I kind of throw away that Chargers game because that crazy six interception Nathan Peterman dude threw two pick sixes in the first half. Cost me a fantasy matchup, but I'm not bitter. But anyways, I don't know. I think their defense might hold a little tough, but fair enough. I mean, this is a sleepy game. What's the, what's the, uh, what's the total on this one? 39 points. 39 points. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Vegas also telling you, like, just don't watch. Like, you can gamble if you want. You can, you can turn the notifications on your phone, but, you know, keep your, keep your sa- yeah. sa- Saturday afternoon pristine. Stay away. Spend time one. with your family is what Vegas go saying. go regenerate Christmas gifts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so true. Oh man, I might have to put that uh, that under in a teaser. They've got to be able to get over thirty three, right, or thirty two? No, they don't. Oh. They don't have to. <laughs> they don't. They, no one has to do anything. What? <laughs> <laughs> Keep in mind, Samin. Let's not forget your team played my team this weekend. It was six to zero. 
Dude, I didn't even watch. I just got the notification that like Bryce Butler scored a touchdown, and I was like, "Wow, it's really late in the day." And then I looked, and I was like, "Fuck, this was the fourth quarter." Oh man! Somehow, like, I guess the NFL just wanted to taunt me for some reason. That was the game here in Houston. Are you? I mean, that game was on. <laughs> I was like, like, "What the hell?" The one, was- the one week all year, I could not care less to watch the Eagles, and I'm forced to watch it. So I watched it for like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> are you? Are Terrible. you? Excited? Sidetrack, are you excited about Nick Foles in the playoffs? No, I'm not. We're about to get there. Don't don't talk about it yet. We're about to talk right. about the Falcons. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's don't go. bring it up yet. We'll, uh, we'll go to the Panthers at Saints then. Minus seven, over, under, 48 and a half. I'll start this one off. I was trying to find this stat, and I'm curious to see if either of you guys did, of essentially teams that went 2-0 and against another team in a regular season. Like, what happened in the third matchup? I have my you could never go 3-0 and against the team. That's, that's like, the word of – that's the rule of thumb I've read on the internet. There was okay. like, you can't go 3-0 and against the team. I was trying to find the numbers behind that as well. Like, I agree with that logic in that winning twice is, is hard enough. Winning three times against the same team seems, like, damn near impossible. But, man, Hari, those Panthers did not look good. Against your uh, your Atlanta Falcons and wait, I'll but be- but genuine question: Were they trying? Like, did they care? Like, they should have. In retrospect, they obviously should have cared about the game. But like, but did, Jonathan did Stewart care? was out. Like they like you know it didn't seem like they cared that much. Greg Olson seemed to care a lot, but the rest of them yeah, seemed to care. That was what I was going to say is is like Greg Olson seemed to care a lot, and they're like they had Luke Keekley out there, which like that guy is fucking concussion waiting to happen. So I don't know, like. Those two guys so on each side of the ball, so I thought they would have cared. But I think, um, I you know, for me, this game is really interesting from that standpoint. Um, but this Saints defense has been very impressive this season, and I think that kind of continues. I know they had a bit of a letdown against the Buccaneers last week. But that stadium, as I'm sure you know, Hari, gets fucking loud for the playoffs or really any important game. So they're going to be at home. Those fans, those fans are going to be uh, all liquored up on hand grenades. So I look for the Saints to win and actually cover the seven-point spread. Um, I, I just don't see much in this Panthers team. Hari, where are you going with this one? Uh, so I did find the stat. Since the merger in 1970, teams are 12-7 uh, when they won two in a row against them. So it's about, you know a decent win percentage. They usually win the third time as well. So actually oh. the axiom is not true at all. <laughs> uh, so as, as a point, this is a stat from 2010, so I don't think it changed that much. Um, with that being said, this is just, this is like a pure eye test thing. I actually think Carolina, I, I said this before, I think I said this last week, I think Carolina is a better team than New Orleans. Um, I think they're just like, I obviously, this is some bias that I'm not a big, super big New Orleans fan, but like, I think Carolina can, can, beat them on a neutral field. I don't think they can go to the Superdome and beat them, so I definitely won't pick them straight up. I think this game will be closer than expected, and it probably will be the best game of the weekend also. Uh, so give me Carolina against the spread. Yeah, that's fair. Seven points is a little hefty. Mark, where are you going with this game? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree a lot with, uh, with what Hari's saying. Where I mean, I see it being a close game. Like the, it, I, I saw this line earlier in the week at six and a half, and I would have felt a lot better about the Saints if it wasn't a full touchdown spread. Um, Cause yeah, at home, they're tough to beat. Um, Drew Brees, even though his arm isn't what it used to be, is still the leader of that team. We haven't talked about him, but Kamara is like, I oh mean, my probably the most explosive so player in the league this year. He's so good. So, I mean, like all signs point to like 
the needle is leaning a little bit towards the Saints. Um, and kind of the theme here for me so far has been take the favorites at home this week, um, even if the spreads are a little bit larger than I'd like. So I guess give me the Saints, which which kind of scares me because then the Saints are coming to Philly next week. But, yeah, yeah, give me the Saints. Yeah, I mean, to your point, like, yeah, I don't feel great about picking the spread. Now that I look at it a little closer, like maybe I would lean a little bit towards the over on this 48.5 point um, over under just because maybe this will be the only shootout of the weekend. But have fun with the uh, the Saints coming down to uh, to link the link next weekend, albeit it is well, out. I mean, that, it, that only matters if uh, if Matty Ice doesn't, doesn't take care of business out in L.A. Because if he does, yeah. he's, coming, he's coming to my house. Teaser, teaser, Falcons at Rams, minus six, over, under, 48 and a half. Hari, my Falcons fan, are, are you going to be flying to New York so we can all go down to Philadelphia next weekend? Hari, uh, <laughs> if you want to go, I'll buy your ticket. I'll buy your <laughs> ticket into Lincoln Financial Field. You have to wear all Falcons gear, and I want to see if you make it out alive. I'll, I'll make it out alive. I'll do Philly, it. First of all, Philly fans are all talk. That's all Philadelphia is. You heard it here on the podcast. <laughs> I'll give you, you can put my address under this podcast. Philly fans are all talk. They're, they're no game. They're nothing. So I'm not worried about a team that scored zero points against the Cowboys. So I'm not worried about them. Um, one, here are some stats I really like about the Falcons uh, and how I think they're going to do this week. Uh, there were 25 teams in 2017 with at least one game with three or more passing touchdowns, including Cleveland and Denver. Uh, Atlanta was not one of those teams. The last time Matt Ryan threw three touchdowns was the NFC Championship last season. Um, <laughs> Of the 39 quarterbacks with uh, 30 or more deep ball passes this year, Matt Ryan ranked 23rd in completion rate. Uh, <laughs> Julio Jones has 19 red zone targets this year uh, and has only one touchdown. Oh, my God. Uh, the, Rams, yeah, the Rams have allowed 10 wide receiver touchdowns this season, the sixth fewest in the league. Uh, Todd Gurley has seen 15 or more carries in 12 of 15 games this season. Um, when we face when we face those four types of ru- those rush- running backs this year, we finished dead last in the league uh, in terms of being able to defend high volume carriers. Uh, we also uh, our running backs have caught the more passes than any other running back group this year, but the Rams have allowed the ninth fewest receptions at the position, uh, and we are horrible against receiving running backs. In each of the last two seasons, Atlanta has led the league in running back receptions allowed. Uh, and Todd Gurley is ranked sixth in running back targets. Um, those are all the stats I feel about the Falcons. Uh, I don't, I don't see us winning this game, and I also don't see us uh, being able to not cover this spread. I just think, like the Rams are built to beat us. They like have like a, a, a pass catching, pass catching uh, running back. They like have a decent enough pass game that they can beat us with the like, curls and slants. Uh, their defense is great uh, and will give us a lot of problems. It's like, it just like is every matchup nightmare you can think of is this Rams team. Uh, so I'm very, very tense about what's going to happen this, in this game. Um, so I will be cheering for my team, but do not feel good about them. Uh, give me the Rams here uh, with the points. Interesting. Um, I have one name for you, Hari, and that is Andy Levitre. Do you know who he is? Yes, he's our guard. He's going to be out. But Ben Garland's been great in his absence, to be fair. Yeah. The Ben don't break offensive line. He hasn't been outstanding. But he has been bad. He's been up to Livitre this, this season. For yeah. the three games he's replaced him. I'm going to give you another name. His name is Aaron Donald. Do you McDonald. Know? Yes, I'm very worried about him. Okay, because I didn't hear any stats there. 
But I can tell you one thing, and that he is going to wreck shit um, on your offensive line. I saw, like, one of the, I think, the weak spots on that line is its interior. I think, you know, Alex Mack is good as a center, but the two guards have me worried. You know, Matthews is okay on the left side. So that's the matchup I look to. And to say, you know, if Matt Ryan doesn't get time, there's no chance he's good. What I am curious of is, like, how many St. Louis, or excuse me, Los Angeles fans actually, like, show up to this game? Because, like, one would hope, at least for, like, the playoffs, like, this the Coliseum fills up and, and is a good atmosphere and it's not, like, fucking 90 degrees like it was in September. But we'll see if that actually happens. I actually look to the, uh, the Falcons to keep this game close, though, just because they, like, are playoff tested and... Let's all be honest in saying this Rams team was pretty pretty bad last season and, and really has been bad for a while. So Sean McVay is great. You know, Jared Goff has 28 touchdowns and seven picks, which is eight more touchdowns than Matt Ryan and five less interceptions than Matt Ryan. But <laughs> and teams keep things close. And the Falcons were in the Super Bowl last year, and you can't, you know, you can't take that away from them. So I'm actually gonna take the Falcons and uh and, and give me the six points. Mark, where you, you can going? get as a note, you can get lower level tickets for this game for $107. Like lower He's... section. Yeah, in the corner, like end zone corner. It's going to be like, like row. sunny. Like, I don't know, man. How do you. I guess it is kind of a pain in the ass to get to that stadium. So maybe that's what deters people. But yeah, that, yeah, that is that's interesting. I am looking. Yeah, there's like 4,600 tickets available from $75, which is very, very reasonable, I feel like, for a playoff game. So, Mark, where are you going with this game? Uh, I, I, I agree with a lot of what both of you said, actually. Um, as far as my pick, um, I'm going to throw it back to season one of the Flex Pod. Um, the, the, best bet, the best bet on the board every week is the over in the Falcons game. Um, and I think, I think we get back there this week. Um, I think that, uh, this, yeah, like you said, this Jared Goff offense has been very competent. And Todd Gurley even though he's probably not going to win it because he sat out this week, I think has been the MVP of the league. Like I know he's the MVP of one of my fantasy leagues. Guy's been incredible. Like you said, um, from his perspective, it's a very favorable matchup on that, on that side of the ball for the Rams. Um, but the flip side is like at some, like, and we've been saying it to ourselves every week, like at some point, Matt Ryan and the Falcons offense is going to figure it out. And I, I don't think they're going to win the game, but I think they're going to do enough to keep it close, which is why I'm not going to take the spread. And I think if anything, they score, they scored late. To, to cut it to a one-score game and to push it to the over. So um, I, I don't have a whole lot of thoughts outside of what's already been said, but give me the over. I think the Rams probably win, but um, in a closer scoring game um, than this line might suggest. So yeah. a, a very – another stat, a very interesting that what Mark said. If the game does get close, uh, there's a really interesting stat about the Rams, that they are one of the teams that has, within six points, really switches to the pass. They get, like, very afraid of running the ball. So Sean McVay loves to pass the ball where they get, they have like the biggest like Delta change between like run plays when up six and like pass plays when they're de- like within six points. Uh, so if we keep it close and get them to not give the ball to Todd Gurley, I feel like slightly better about us doing well in this game. So if it's close in game, the Falcons. There you go. The other thing, the other thing is my, uh, my Jared Goff, Mark Sanchez analogy that I brought up a couple weeks ago. I, I'm still sticking to it, uh, but the <laughs> downfall is um, his, you know, his second year, he went to the AFC Championship game. So, Jared Goff might be okay here. Oh, man. NFC Championship game. He's got his eyes on it, man. He does. I, 
the other, to come to Philly. The other stat I really like that uh, I saw in this last Falcons game was Harry. When the Falcons scored twenty more points, you guys are ten and zero. But then when you yeah, score, that's like, a crazy stat. I just scored yeah, twenty points. How can you not score go do it? Points? Just do it because we're not because Julio Jones doesn't get any touchdowns in the red zone. You heard my stat. Because your red zone play calling is garbage. That's why we only run jet sweeps in the red zone. Jet sweeps and Devonte on a I formation tight, you know, up the middle run. Genius, genius play calling. Well, right, that's so if the Falcons lose this game, does anybody on that staff lose their job, or do you guys oh, just melt down? Oh no! Here's my thing. I, I said this last week. This is a brand new offensive coordinator, brand new quarterback coach, playing the number one, like the number one schedule of a number one team. Like coming off, obviously, like the most horrific way to lose a Super Bowl of all time, and then we put together a ten win season in what was a very difficult division, right? We went four and two in the division. Like, I will say, I, I, this has been an outstanding season, and we're going to end up with a third place uh, schedule for next year. I'm very excited. I'm, I, I'm over the moon about how we played this season. If we can go in and beat the Rams, then we're definitely going to beat Philly, and that's another NFC Championship experience. So I'm ready to go. There right. you go. I like it. Um, nice. Well, that takes us through the divisional round, an exciting college football championship game. And that's a, we'll be back, I guess, with, with divisional rounds. And I've been saying this for a while now. Now, at some point, I'll have to actually do it and sprinkle in some, uh, some NBA action. The Warriors just closed out the Rockets, Mark. Should have gone to that game, man. That game was hype. Yeah, I know. I just saw the stat line. The Splash Brothers uh, kind of went off there. Yeah, and then Joe did their Green. thing. But that's a little that's, teaser. That's right. Rocket, Rockets are laying low. They got some injuries right now. They're licking their wounds. Go to that. I, I want to let you know that five minutes before this podcast started, Samin was like, Rockets up three. And the minute the podcast started, uh, the Rockets were down 10. So yeah. it was like a, forever. It was like a blink in the eye. It's so true. <laughs> oh, man. I saw that happen to my Mavericks last night. So I, I've experienced it firsthand. Uh, but anyways, we'll, we'll stick to football for now. We'll keep it easy. Everyone enjoy your, your weekends. There's not a lot of good football to watch except for Monday night, National Championship game, college football. Get ready. And with that, we are out.